Welcome to the revolution, the clean eating revolution. It's time now for the Clean Food Network Show. Here's Lisa Davis. We all know how important it is to have healthy, strong bones, and I'm thrilled to have Dr. Laura Kelly on the program. We're going to talk about her book, The Healthy Bones Nutrition Plan and Cookbook, A Medicine Through Food Guide, How to Prepare and Combine Whole Foods to Prevent and Treat Osteoporosis Naturally. Dr. Kelly, welcome to the show. Hi, Lisa. Thanks very much. It's so nice to have you on the program. You know, you talk about the harmful effects that you see these commercials for different, you know, bone strengthening medications. And, you know, they, they make them seem pretty good. And then I learned quite a bit from your book. Talk to us about this and why we need to look to food for answers. Well, the, the, are you speaking about the pharmaceuticals directly or the calcium supplements? Yes. The pharmaceuticals. Uh, yeah. Um, yes. The pharmaceuticals, I mean, you know, they're very useful in, in cases where you're under a very serious, when there's a very serious problem. Um, they, they can be very useful. But for the, for the average person who's suffering sort of slow and steady bone loss, because they suppress the entire bone turnover um, uh, experience in the body, there is no opportunity for natural healthy growth. Once you've taken the drug, it stays in your system for at least 10 years, and it interferes with the turnover. And the, the bone turnover and the bone growth, what happens is that it's a continual cycle in the body. Um, your bones don't just get solid when, and, and stay solid for the rest of your life. They're continually turning over. They're living tissue, just like your skin, just like every other tissue in your body. So that cycle needs to, needs to go, needs to go continuously. If you're an athlete or even if you just exercise on a regular basis, you're going to have some small micro damage to the bone, and the body needs to be able to go through its cycle to take away the damaged tissue and replenish it with strong tissue. So even in a normally functioning system of a young person, that needs to happen, and it still needs to happen as you get older. So the pharmaceuticals, do, they suppress the entire turnover system rather than just suppressing the bone deterioration. So that can be a problem for, for many people. And, you know, there's so much information in your wonderful book and there's so many things that we can be doing. You know, I've been saying for years that I don't think milk does a body good. I'm not big on, on dairy. And you talk about that in, in the book, you, 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 you know, you write, uh, this helps to explain the Rainer reports that milk does not actually contribute much to strong bones and teeth. Talk to us a little bit about that and then jump into some of the foods that we should be eating. Sure. I mean, milk and dairy are, to me, there are two different, there's, a, what, there's two different things happening here. And one of them is milk, which is m real milk, which, and the other one is milk, which has been processed and pasteurized. Pasteurization came around at a time when we couldn't test for bacteria. We didn't know what was in the milk. We knew that people might get sick. It was dangerous to have bacteria floating around, and we started pasteurizing so everybody could drink it. One of the things we lose when we pasteurize dairy is we lose what's present naturally, enzymes, which help the body digest the sugars in the milk. For lactose, for example, you have lactose is the milk sugar. When you pasteurize the milk, the, the temperature is so high that it kills the living enzyme that's present in the natural milk that you drink with the lactose, and it's called lactase, and it digests that milk sugar for you. So if you're pasteurizing the milk, you're taking away vital parts of that food. So that's a, to me, it's a separate food. Pasteurized milk is a separate food from milk itself, which has been unpasteurized and untouched. So, uh, you know, looking at sort of the standard way that people are consuming milk 
food, milk product, I, I think I call it, um, that's not going to do you any good because the calcium is going to be present, but are you going to be able to absorb all of it? There's another uh, component to the milk which is lost when you pasteurize, which assists in calcium absorption. So you're really, you're talking about something entirely different. If you're talking about pasteurized, unpasteurized milk and unpasteurized dairy, that's a whole different ballgame and a whole different story. Um, a lot of states don't allow unpasteurized milk, but some do. And if you have it available to you and it's of interest to you to explore, I recommend exploring it. Um, because we have such, such uh, stringent testing with this kind of dairy product these days, there's no reason it's it's as safe as any other food that goes out on the shelf. So um, I recommend unpasteurized dairy if you're going to go the dairy route, um, but you don't have to use dairy to strengthen your bones. I mean, there's plenty of calcium available in green vegetables. There's calcium all over the place. The key is understanding how to unlock the calcium from the grains and from the minerals. Um, there are ancient ancient, if you look around the world, cultures which never communicated with each other all figured out we're going to soak our grains, we're going to release the minerals that are in there, we're going to ferment, we're going to do all these food preparation methods which are going to release the minerals and make them available to our body. So those are the things that are the most important when you're looking at other foods to use instead of uh, dairy, which has a, obviously a, a large amount of calcium, which is, which is uh, very useful. Yeah, in the book, you have disarm anti-nutrients in plant-based foods. And I think that's something people aren't really aware of. Talk to us a little bit more about those anti-nutrients. Sure. Well, if you imagine that a plant has a seed um, or a bean, which is going to sprout um, and form a new plant, um, what it does is it, it hoards minerals, uh, nutrients and minerals into that seed so that when the seed is ready to sprout, it has minerals present and nutrients present. So if you're consuming a bean or you're consuming a seed, those minerals are locked up in a, a phytic acid complex waiting for it to sprout, waiting for it to need the minerals. So you're not actually releasing that those minerals. They're not, they're not so available to your body. If you uh, alter that and you start the sprouting process where the seed or the, the, the bean or the nut begins to grow, that process releases the minerals to be available for the growth of that new plant. And those minerals are then available to your body in a much higher content. So understanding beans have different sprouting times depending on which bean you're talking about. Um, and that's all, the information is all there in the book. And it's, it's just about understanding the foods you're working with. You work working with nature, really, in a partnership yeah, and I think it's so important that you you know supply this information. Another thing you write about in the book, which I love, is bone broth. And I I drink a big cup of bone broth every morning. That's how I start my day. Good for and, you. Yeah, I I'm so excited. So tell people why it's such a great thing. Um, well, bone broth has a really long history. I know that it's sort of become very popular recently, but I mean it's been in the Chinese Materia Medica for thousands, literally thousands and thousands of years, and it's been used. Um, the Chinese used the first, you know, line of medicine for the Chinese was always food. If you couldn't cure it with food, then you really went to acupuncture or internal medicine or things like this. But you started with diet. Um, so bone broth has been used for all sorts of things throughout Chinese history just to strengthen the system after childbirth, before childbirth, 
Um, as you get into older age, it's one of the staples for keeping strong and healthy bones along with exercise. So um, it's just a fabulous product. By soaking the bones for so long, you, you release the minerals, and then you ingest them, and it's a very straightforward process. Um, it also, of course, is really fantastic for helping the gut lining, and having a healthy gut lining, as everybody knows, is like the first step. You can't assimilate any of the minerals or any of the nutrients that you're going to eat unless your gut's actually working. So bone broth sort of covers all that territory in one, and I think it's a great addition to everybody's diet not just for bone health. Yeah, I think so too. You know, there is so much more to talk about, Dr. Kelly. I definitely want to have you back because we barely scratched the surface. This is such an incredible book. Again, The Healthy Bones Nutrition Plan and Cookbook, A Medicine Through Food Guide, How to Prepare and Combine Whole Foods to Prevent and Treat Osteoporosis Naturally. Dr. Kelly, how do we find out more about you and your wonderful book? Uh, the Healthy Bones Book, uh, dot com uh, is covering everything to do with the book. Um, you can find more recipes there and more discussions, interviews with people who are doing great work on the subject. I want to provide a, an environment for people to know everything they need to know in order to take care of themselves and take care of their bones. So That is fantastic. Dr. Oh, I'm sorry, Dr. Kelly, I hope you'll come back. The time goes by way too fast. I want to thank everyone for listening to Clean Food Network. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Your Radio MD and at Health Media Gal One. That's the number one. To hear past shows, go to cleanfoodnetwork.com. Take care, make some bone broth, and stay well.